This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hi, I'm Ron Paul, former congressman and presidential candidate. I'm here to tell you about a product that might just save your lives. It's a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. With this great product, you can freeze dry the food your family loves, and it will last for 25 years. Our ancestors preserved and prepared for difficult times, shouldn't we? To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-594-4635. That's 800-594-4635. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. Yesterday, there was an amazing announcement from the FBI that they are going to release a partial transcript of uh, the the negotiations of the terrorists because, quote, they don't want to re-traumatize. They don't want to re-traumatize the victims? What I don't... What do you mean, re-traumatize the victims? Who are the victims? By By releasing the Islamic part of those tapes, who would the victim be? Those who were shot or Islam? We'll talk about that. Also, you remember the train track theory that I've I've shown a million times starting at Fox on how we got here and the, the history of America where there's straight train tracks of Europe and then we have a switchback off of 1791 and the American Revolution. I have that in a little more detail today, but over the weekend, I think I figured out where we're headed and how it all works to either switch back up or to switch down. You decide which way uh, it's going to happen, but it really will be us deciding which way we go as we are in the fall headed towards winter. Will there be a spring or will it be even a darker, colder winter. We begin there right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Programme. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I'm sorry, but I do my best thinking at a chalkboard. So we're going to try to explain this chalkboard to you, um, but you can watch it on demand at uh, glennbeck.com or theblaze.com slash TV. You can watch us live right now uh, if you happen to have your, uh, your phone uh, and you're a member of The Blaze. Watch us right now, or you can go back and watch or listen at any time uh, on demand. I want to explain where we are, and in the next two hours, I want to explain, I figured two things out, the fall of communism, and also where we are, and what's coming next. And I want to try to explain this to you um, as clearly as I can, and so if we, if we can have uh, Stu and Pat kind of do color commentary because there's a lot of facts up here. And if you guys can explain how it looks, 
but I, I'm just going to try to explain it, and I think just my explanation uh, will be good enough. It's a timeline. And if you look at the timeline, I've done this part of this before on television. It's two, two train tracks that go straight across the chalkboard. And the train tracks are the left and the right. I've always explained it as the left and the right of Europe. Um, and I've always said that those train tracks were communism and fascism. But I don't think for this purpose it's not communism and fascism. Uh, then the, then there's a switchback where the tracks come off of these tracks and go up in a different direction. And that's the American experiment. And then they get up for a little while and then they start bending back down and go towards the European train tracks again and they're back on track. I know there's like really smart ways to describe what you're talking about, but to me it reminds me of Doc with uh, the alternate 1985 in Back to the Future. That's what I always think about when you do this. Like, <laughs> okay. It's separated into an alternate history, 19, yes. 1985. Well, it is. It's American, and the, that's the alternate, and the rest of the world. The rest of the world did not switch tracks with us, just us. Um, and, what, and, and we'll get into it. But it's also, I want to show you, that I've added another up, okay? And because I've added another up, something else came to me. It's the Kondrakiev wave. We were in winter for a long time prior to. Then the American experiment is spring. The progressive movement is fall. Coming back onto the tracks of of Europe, which we're close to, is winter. And there's another spring. And I know what the catalyst will be. I know what the catalyst will be. The question is, will the catalyst come before the foundation or the other way around. The bad time, the bad times this happens, the catalyst comes before the cement. So let's start at the very beginning. In winter, at the beginning of time, we were, a, a, we were, we were split on two rails. The top rail is a God rail, and it's, it's Moses, but it's also Baal. There's the bad religion and the good religion. And Baal was a worship of, of uh, the god of war, the god of economy or finance, uh, the god of weather and the planet. And then to worship him, you would have to have promiscuous sex. It was, you would go into the Bohemian Grove, and it was just whatever you wanted to do, you could do. And that's the way you worshiped him. The way you paid for your sacrifice is if, you got, if the woman got pregnant, she would come back the next spring to the Bohemian Grove and offer her child and kill her child on the altar of Baal. Okay? Remember that because that's important. The other side of the religious train track up at the top is, is God, and I would put Baal there. It's a god, and we worship a god. But there is also the Moses god. There is also on that track the Muhammad God, Allah. So there's good and bad on the God track. Down below, God is man, the second tra- rail of this track. God is man. That's Pharaoh. Um, Pharaoh was God. He was God personified. To people like Genghis Khan, 
who, I, I, it's, it's not God, I'm just going to make all the God decisions for you. I am life and I am death. Those are the two train tracks. And in the middle of those are things like parliament. Up at the top, with the God thing, you, you morphed into kings. And the kings, the reason why we have the legend of King Arthur is because the people so wanted a good king. They were tired of people like Edward I, that's, that's uh, Longshanks, Edward Longshanks from Braveheart. Okay, remember what a bad guy he was? That's the way most of the kings were. And so they longed for a good king. And that gave us the legend of King Arthur. But there were really bad kings and pretty bad kings. But people had nothing. To, they were just hoping for something good. And they went with the king because, A, they had no choice. But, B, their other choice was somebody like Genghis Khan. So the king was looking pretty good. Just leave me alone. Then we had the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment is the foundation, if you will. Man started to think. Man got control of God, far as he had scriptures because of Tyndale, uh, Tinsdale, and, and could read the, God's word to him and realized, wait a minute, God speaks directly to me, not to the king, not to Pharaoh, none of that. He speaks directly to me. And so I have the right. I'm the servant of God. And law starts to come from God to me and not from God to the king or Pharaoh being the God and then me. No, God is my king. I am his servant and I have certain rights and I'm going to need basically police officers to guard those rights for all of society. And that police officer is government. This is the kind of thinking that was happening during the Enlightenment. And it all started because of Tinsdale and then Martin Luther and then the Enlightenment uh, and then the American Revolution. So at 1776 through 1791, the railroad tracks start to go up. The top railroad track is God. Same, but it's a different understanding of God. It's not the angry, vengeful, I'm going to punish you if you don't listen to these servants. It is, a, it is a powerful God, but one that requires man, the bottom railroad track, to be a servant. And if you remember, this is really manifested in, in the way that the, the founders, and correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, you know this better than I do, the founders would go testify in court, even against their own religion, or the one closest, they would pick the founder that was the closest to that religion if somebody was being persecuted in a state because you weren't, you weren't part of the official religion. So if you weren't, a, I don't even know, a Protestant or whatever, and you, so you were being persecuted in that state, they would look for the founder that was the, either a Protestant or the closest to, and he would go into court and he would testify, you don't have to be a Protestant. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a humble, not a big stick church. It's, it's you do your thing, I'll do my thing. We're not even there. We're not even there. It's humility. Man is a servant. God is the king. And the government is to protect man and his rights so he can serve God. God.
<clears throat> all of that happens that spring. All of that happens. For the first time, man's not using fire. In the next 80 years, man's not using fire. Man has discovered electricity and now harnessed electricity. He, everything has changed. By 1880, we're discovering oil. Everything is changing. And it, why is it changing? Because man is free and man has his right to intellectual property. I tried to explain the patent to my son yesterday. And he couldn't get the concept that you wouldn't have the right to your own idea. And I said, China, you have an idea. China, J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter, they don't care. Oh, that's J.K. Rowling's idea. Huh. They just print the book anyway. Put somebody else's name on it. Put another title on it. Same exact story. Same everything. Copyright means nothing. That's an American idea that the world adopted. And it's the reason why we have this spike in spring and everything gets good. Now, here's the foundation not being set before the trouble. The wrong foundation is being set before the trouble. During the Enlightenment and slightly before and then after the American Revolution, you have another idea and it starts really, I mean, I can't say it starts. It, 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 one of them is Immanuel Kant, who says, I'm not sure this is right, but I think man can't really be perfected without government. Man, he's got to be a collective. He's, he's just brushing against this idea of the collective. Then an idea that is so close to our founding that some of our founders are, are confused by it, Thomas Jefferson and Thomas Paine, and they're confused by the French Revolution because their feet are not as deep into the God thing. They don't see that God is first, then man is sovereign, and then the rights. They think freedom is freedom. They don't understand that. And so they're confused by the the French Revolution which what happens to the French Revolution, it is completely godless. They're doing sacrifices on the altar of the Cathedral of Notre Dame. It has become totally pagan and almost goes back to a Baal kind of thing. It starts godless, but it ends in Baal. Then you have Napoleon, the beginnings of a dictator. From that, you go into Marx. Marx is a guy who is, um, who is seeing, taking all of the stuff that happened really from Napoleon and everything and going, wait a minute, there's a different way here. You also have people like Hegel and Darwin and Nietzsche. And the combination of Marx, Darwin, Hegel, and Nietzsche in Germany, all of a sudden that gives birth to fascism and communism and a godless state. But because it's happening in Germany, in the 1880s, it's all starting to come together. Because it's happening there, and the American way of life is not set in stone in Europe. Remember, the painting of George Washington crossing the Delaware was for the Germans, not for us. It was for the Germans, painted in 1848. 
and it is trying to teach the Germans, no, don't go the way of Hegel, don't go the way of, 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 uh, of Marx. Go the American way, but they don't really get it. The Statue of Liberty comes a few years later, a couple decades later, in France because they have the, the communist communes that are happening and the, and the riots in France. And so they're trying to say, no, 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 go the way of America. They free the slaves. Man is a slave. We can free him, go the way of America. But it's not set in stone. And Germany is the workhorse. In America, we had a choice at the founding of two languages, English and what was the other one, Pat? German. We were a German people, English and German, but mainly our main influence. It's why when you ever try to read anything from the old-timey days, the S's look like F's when it says in Congress mm-hmm. and the Declaration of Independence because those S's were German. They look like F's. The German influence has always played a role in us. Back in around 1880, you couldn't get a doctorate. We had universities, we had Yale, we had Harvard, but you could not get a doctorate in America. You had to go back to the old world and get a doctorate. The number one universities in, the the, the top five universities in the world at that time were all in Germany. Cologne, Berlin, all of them in Germany. And you had the London School of Economics too, which was um, Fabian Socialist. Correct, correct. So you already had the influence, but that comes from Germany. Mm-hmm. You have the German influence going into London for the School of Economics. And then all of our people, Woodrow Wilson is one of them. Woodrow Wilson, um, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, Margaret Sanger, they believe that man is God. Wilson goes over to Germany. Does anybody know the heritage of John Hopkins University? Not really. Mm. John Hopkins University was started by the Fabian Socialists. It was the first. It was to indoctrinate socialism, the Fabian Socialist and progressive ideas into America. It was taking Hegel, Darwin, Nietzsche, Marx, and making that university... John's Hopkins in Baltimore? John Hopkins. That's really? the origin of it. I didn't have any idea. I'm not saying that's what it is now. Yeah, I'm saying that's it where it that came from. It came from the German philosophy. Wow. Okay. No idea. A lot more on this uh, to talk about, including what's coming next, uh, and then what do we do about it. Coming up in just a minute. First, uh, this. You going on va- are you going on vacation? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You, uh, you have things you can do for your house to keep your house safe when you're on vacation. You put a little timer in, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't have to be on va- vacation to have your identity uh, stolen. If you are on vacation, you don't put your address on the luggage tag. And you put your cell phone on your luggage tag, and that's it. That's, that's one way to protect your identity. Okay. The other way, because nobody can protect identity theft, it is crazy, especially with the way Europe is, I mean, Russia is involved in this, which we get to Russia later. Um, but 
LifeLock is the best at protecting it. Right now, you can get a 15% discount off of your first year of LifeLock. I have it. Pat has it. I think Jeffy has it. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BEC15. That's BEC15 at LifeLock.com. Call 1-800-440-4936. It's 1-800-440-4936. Promo code is BEC15. 1-800-440-4936. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Triple eight seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to get back to this timeline and what is happening next, and then what do we do about it next hour. Another another thing will take you back to the 1980s and the collapse of communism and how that relates to today. We'll get to that. Also, I have to. We have to talk a little bit about uh, the weekend. And anybody see Finding Dory except me? It was. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. And great reviews. Yeah. And I can't wait till it plays a little bit because I've got some great commentary on it, but I don't want to... No spoilers. Why? No spoilers. Why, Jeffy? Yeah, I mean, the, the weekend's over. <laughs> Why don't you just go flush some fish down and watch the little children cry? <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. All right. If you uh, if you just joined us, we're in the middle of explaining a uh, a chalkboard. You can watch it online at at, uh, uh, at the slash TV. Watch us live. If you have your phone, just log in and and watch it. It's a little easier to understand if you're if you're watching the chalkboard. Otherwise, we're explaining it. So far, I think it all makes sense without the chalkboard. Uh, but we're we're about the 1880s, and we I, I've taken you from Moses and and Baal uh, all the way to uh, the 1880s and the Industrial Revolution. Um, now this is a really important time. Remember the two railroad tracks down at the bottom for for uh, the European timeline. One, the top rail of that railroad track is Baal and Moses and the kings who said, "I'm appointed by God." And the bottom is God is man, where it's the Pharaoh or Genghis Khan. I'm in charge of life and death. Then there's a switchback after the Enlightenment, really important. After the Enlightenment, then we have this switchback up. From uh, From just at the end of the Enlightenment until about 1848... We have all of the seeds that are being planted and all of the things that are being planted for the next founders, if you will. The Hegels, the Nietzsche's, the Darwin, the Marx. 
they're starting to brew uh, a new toxic stew. And that toxic stew is God is dead. Government is the answer. And that all happens in Germany. But what's happening during the, what's happening um, after that has started to form and cement in people's minds? What happens? The Industrial Revolution. Massive displacement in agriculture, food, housing, cities, people, um, uh, smoke. I mean, if you've ever seen, it, look, Google search a picture. See if you can do this. So figure, figure out what we have to Google search. Google a picture of noonday Pittsburgh, 1920. And see what comes up. It should be, it should look like night. Look for images. Does it look like night? There are pictures of, of you know, towards the end of the Industrial Revolution, there are pictures of the steel mills, Pittsburgh, that is so dark, the clouds of smog and, and, and uh, the steam and the coal, so low, it's at the top of the buildings. Is that what you see? Oh, in the streets. In the streets. Yeah. It looks like night. Yeah. Okay. That's what the Industrial Revolution brought. It brought great technology and great leaps. It brought us the railroads. It, 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 it brought us telephones and telegraphs and, and ships and airplanes and everything. But people's lives were dislodged. People started moving into the cities, and the cities were breaking down. So what happens as these cities are starting to break down? They're looking for answers. Nobody's looking to the American way because it is the Americans that brought the Industrial Revolution to the fore. We're the leaders of that. And so the, the, the people who are like, look at tomorrow, are all flocking here. But everybody who's trying to feed themselves today and live in this squalor is saying, this is a horrible thing. They're looking for answers. Nietzsche, Darwin, Marx, Hegel. Man is God. We come over here to our universities. I'm sorry, our, our leaders in our universities go over to Germany to learn this because that is the, the house of learning. Think about how we look at Germany now. Nothing has really changed. If you're going to go to war with a group of people on earth, uh, who do you not want to go to war against? China, why? Because of the people, they'll just drop people on you. Forget bombs, they'll just drop people on us and they'll still win. The other one you don't want to go to war with is Germans. Because when the Germans get cranking, they're like us. They'll innovate, they'll, I mean, they're brilliant, hardworking people, right? That's the way we viewed them now. That's the way we viewed them in the 1880s. They're ahead of the curve. They're scientific. Darwin, it's new science. Medicine is just starting to happen. Remember, we've never really even opened bodies before. Our medicine is, there's, there's not even, doctors in the United States are fighting against um, ether. Ether is just come into play. And, and ether will put you down for surgery. The doctors in the United States are fighting it and saying, no ether, no ether. Because the white coat 
meant so much if it wasn't white. Doctors, remember, this is the beginning of nobody's washing their hands. Doctors didn't wear white coats. They wore the white coats and they were covered in blood. And so when you were going to interview a surgeon, you wanted the guy with the most blood on his jacket because it showed that he was experienced. Like how you want a a fat uh, guy who runs the restaurant. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You want someone who knows what they're doing. The guy who's making the donuts, you want to make sure that he is eating those all the time. Okay? Jeffy is king. Time to make the donuts, Jeffy. So... um, So they fought against ether because doctors also were not just about the, um, the knowledge of the body. They were the most brutal. Who, I don't have ether. If I'm having something, if, some, if, if I've got something wrong and I have to have my leg take, taken off, if I have to have my appendix taken out, if I have to have something done, who's going to get in and out of my body as fast as they possibly can? I'm awake. Yeah, bite the bullet. Babe. Right, bite the bullet. I'm awake. Take my leg off fast. And so it was, a, it, was a, it was honor to be the fastest butcher as a doctor. It, that, that's how we graded them. Get it off me now and sew me up. So these doctors knew if ether comes in, I'm out of business. Because I don't have to be skilled in all of the other things. I just have to be fast. I have to be a butcher. And so they were fighting against ether. Where's all this bubbling up? Where is the new science? Where is the new man going to come from? Where's where better living through pharmaceuticals? Where's all of this coming from? Where's bare aspirin? Germany. And so we're looking at Germany as the new scientific way that will get rid of all of these problems of the Industrial Revolution because we've caused all these problems. Science promises a better tomorrow. So we have all of our intellectuals, like Wilson, travel over to Germany in the 1880s and get all this knowledge, bring it back into our universities, start teaching this nonsense of Marx and Darwin and everything else, and they realize that in Europe it's easy. All you have to do is take over the, all you have to do is take over the government because you don't have to kill God because God is already dead in Europe. God is, God is on the ropes. God back in the 1880s over in Europe is probably in, in worse shape than it is here now. And it's in pretty bad shape. Our churches, I don't care what anybody says, our churches are in bad shape. And so they don't have to do it. But back in the 1880s in America, you have to include the churches. And the churches are already do-gooders. The churches are the reason why we don't have slavery. The churches are the reason why we had independence. The churches are still strong in America. So the guys like Wilson, whose father was a preacher... He has to come back and say, okay, what do we do with the churches? Social gospel. We use progressivism to come up with, the, with a social gospel. And the, the gospel that um, we still hear Jeremiah Wright preaching. It is the same thing they did in Latin America. Why do we not accept that it happened here when we know it happened in Latin America? We know that they went down, the Marxists went down and crippled the Catholic Church and fused them together 
Pope Francis is an example of that. Okay, so one side of the railroad track, the God side became use the church, and the uh, man is a servant side of that railroad track became man is God. And it bends down back towards the railroad tracks of Europe, which is just either theocracy or godless state, one of the two. Here's the new part. We've talked about most of this stuff before. Communism, fascism, and theocracy is what the world is offering now. Nobody is offering what our founders did. And we've been trying to say, how do we get off of this track? Well, there's a couple of problems. Because this is a Kondrakiev wave. If you look, it's a big wave. Kondrakiev was the guy who gave us green shoots ideas and that the, that the economy goes through waves, okay? And it's winter, spring, summer, fall. And it is a Kondrakiev wave. And why was Kondrakiev killed by Stalin when he said, you know what, capitalism is better because communism does what? Well, I mean, I think he got killed because of the first three words of that, really, whatever he said <laughs> yes, after yes, that yes, was yes. really... <laughs> but what did he say? He said, because communism props up the losers. Capitalism lets it burn out all the infection because a new era is coming. New ideas are coming. Old ideas need to be burned down to the ground. And the new ideas sprout up like green shoots in that fertile soil... And they sprout back up and you have a new spring and a new roar, okay? The Roaring Twenties are a good example of this. We burn the world to the ground with World War I. The Fed did nothing. That's why in 21, when we had the biggest, a bigger depression than we did in 29, we were out of it in 18 months because the world burned to the ground. People didn't have anything in, the, in 1920. By 1929, everybody had a re, most people had a refrigerator, running water, electricity in their homes. They didn't have any of that in 1919. It burned itself out and it roared back to life. Now we're doing what we did in the 30s and we're propping it all up. And so we should have gone into winter in 08 and we didn't. We could have been, by 18, we could have probably been at the end of this cycle, 10 years easily, been at the end of the cycle and the beginning of spring. But we haven't had the downturn yet. And next, I want to show you the other side of the chalkboard, which is, let's look at a, let's look at a, um, let's look at an example of when the world has been in turmoil before, let's go to the 1980s and see how communism and who was involved in communism and how that broke out. And let's look at that as people. Then we'll come back to say, okay, what's coming next? Because the foundation has not been set. The wrong foundation is being set. All of the leaders of the world are setting the foundation of fascism, communism, or theocracy. And even the people on our side are setting the same table. 
that you know that there will be in a great downturn because we've lost our principles. There will be people like like the guy in Sacramento last week in the pulpit who said, you know, I think Orlando's better off. And there will be people who will listen to that as things get worse because they want an answer and they know that God is the answer and this is the only guy telling the truth because it will get worse and worse and worse. Theocracy, Christian, whatever it is, Islam we know is happening right now and nobody's paying attention to it. Look at the FBI and what they said this weekend. But fascism and communism are also being sown. Where's the foundation? I want to show you an old foundation of the 80s, and then I want to show you our choice and where we are, what's coming next, and how long it's going to take. And the decision really, truly is up to us. Okay, your gun lover. Did you see the one, did you see the one gun store that sold 15,000 AR-15s this last week? 15,000 AR-15s? I don't think you can... I don't think you're ever going to pull those guns off the market, boy. Look. Good luck on that one. Nobody is going to... You're going to let go of your AR-15? I don't think so. Uh, Bond arms. Another great way for you to have a gun. Now, buying a gun is really personal. The gun I carry every day is one I actually don't like that much, but I'm just a great shot at it. So there are guns that I own that are fun. There are guns that I own that I don't like, but I'm good with them. It just depends on what you're looking for. When I'm looking for a gun that, A, I can carry out on the ranch and I can shoot anything I want on the ranch and I know I got them, uh, I look at a Bond Arms. When I look at a gun that is fun to shoot at the ranch and just fun, I look at Bond Arms. I'm looking for something that I know is built right and sturdy and steady whether it is for personal protection, something that is small enough that your wife can carry on her or in her purse, Bond Arms. When you shoot a gun from Bond Arms, you will feel it's solid, capable, and consistent. You're going to hit what you're aiming at. So whether you're a gun collector or a first-time gun buyer, choosing a gun is personal, but please check out what Bond Arms has to offer. Made here in Texas, blazebond.com. Do your homework. Go to blazebond.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Stream the show live on iHeartRadio or listen later on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and now Google Play Music. Mercury. Welcome back to the program. Okay, where we're headed next, what's coming next. Uh, and, I mean, we as a people, we as a globe, and how do we prepare us and our children for it next? This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Here we go. (laughs) 
Hello, America. Welcome to the program. Today, I've been trying to take you through the, uh, the wave of history uh, and where, how we got here uh, and now where we're headed. I, you've, if you've watched me for a period of time, you have seen the, the railroad tracks of communism and fascism uh, and how America broke off of those railroad tracks and then progressivism pulled them right back. I've added a lot to this. I've, I've added the history of our education uh, and a couple of points of pain, the Industrial Revolution, and what saved us from going into darkness in the past, what made those railroad tracks go up instead of down. I, I want to talk to you about now from 2008 to where we're going, and then I want to take you back to communism, and we do that beginning right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, a, a couple of things that uh, you should know about. First of all, um, the uh, story, we're going to get to it in a little while. I, I think it is, uh, whew, it's offensive on so many levels. Uh, what happened with the FBI this weekend, they're going to release the, uh, the transcripts, not the tape, they're going to release the transcripts of uh, the uh, Orlando killer, uh, and they're going to edit out all the Islam stuff because they don't want to re-traumatize people. They don't want to, quote, re-traumatize the victims. Well, you're, you're releasing the rest of the transcript. Yeah, we don't want to hear him make his assertions of allegiance. To yeah, I, I got it. They're trans, they are editing history. This is so dangerous. They're editing history. Bad. And who is the victim if you're, if you're only holding back that part, the victim is Islam, because they're the only ones you're protecting on that. This is an outrage, an outrage. We'll get to that coming up in a second. Also, there's a break, they're breaking news now on Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, Corey Lewandowski is uh, his campaign manager of this entire time. He had the, he was, uh, had the situation where he grabbed the reporter, kind of, and there was... Everybody whole, stood by him. Everyone said, yeah, yeah, Trump stood by him. There was a power struggle, if you remember, from yes. the new people that came in that looked like Lewandowski lost for a while, then it looked like he won again. Well, now we can say uh, for sure he has lost as he has been released from the campaign. This is a pretty been big deal. or he left? Uh, you know, it's a, uh, we wish him luck in the future. Press release well, that's Trump impossible Trump. because Trump doesn't discard Let's people. Let's not get into that. <laughs> he, he doesn't discard people. Oh, he's loyal. Loyalty. 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 Okay. Loyalty. Loyalty. All right, all right, all right. Uh, interesting as well as now reporters are, this is, by the way, shocking news. No, This wasn't like known it was coming this week. Uh, just out of nowhere in the middle of the campaign. Uh, and then so they went to, reporters are now following up with their sources inside the Trump campaign. Uh, when uh, asked, uh, this is, uh, when asked, if staff was notified of the decision of the campaign manager being released, the ca- a campaign source tells uh, this reporter, it's bedlam in the t- Trump campaign. No one knows what's happening. No one knows what's happening. And that's an NBC, NBC wow. News, by the way, with that. Oh, they had long planned adjustments to adjust to the needs of the general election campaigns, too. Yeah, they long, <laughs> long, long needs. <laughs> I mean, they've been saying this for a while, but I mean, they were the ones who kind of backed him and put him in charge, I believe, of the VP search. Uh, which 
doesn't seem to be They're working out. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll get back into that um, a little later. I, I want to show you a longer-term uh, goal here. Mm-hmm. And this hour, I want to show you where I think we're headed and what our obstacles are in front of us, where we need to be, why we're, it's going to be a real challenge to get there. And then I want to show you the example of where it's been done before, and it was in the 1980s uh, with the fall of communism. Okay. We're at 2008. Um, and the, the fall of 2008 should have put us into, if you're talking about the Kondrakiev wave, should have put us into winter. It should have put us into a place to where um, uh, the world experiences pain. Pain is really important, really important. No pain, no gain. I don't want pain. I don't look for pain. But you have to burn the system down to be able to do it. What does your body do when it has an infection? It, it puts you in massive pain. Fever is not a bad thing. Fever is a sign that your body is fighting something. And so you let the fever burn itself out. You watch it. You control it as much as you can. But you let it burn the infections out. We didn't have the pain of 08 because everybody is propping us up. And that is continuing to be propped up. Now, I personally think that we are headed for a massive catastrophe. But this, and I hate to say this, and you have to really understand this in full context, the sooner the better. The sooner the better. And here's why. Stu, they were laying Nietzsche, Hegel, Darwin, Marx, the Fabian socialist, they were laying the foundations long before 1880, beginning really with the French Revolution. In Europe, they were laying that foundation away from America. What was the catalyst to get the people to go along with it? Pain, but they have always had the same kind of pain. They'd always been under, you know, a dictator, a Napoleon. They'd always seen that. The Industrial Revolution. Now they're all living together in a city, and it's horrible. It's horrible. There's not enough jobs. Remember how Robespierre, anybody remember how Robespierre solved the, uh, the joblessness? When they, when they said there's too many people, now under you, Robespierre, there's too many people out of work. He went out, lined up a bunch of peasants, and shot them all, and buried them in a mass grave. Now there's no unemployment. I mean, okay, bad pain. But then the Industrial Revolution happens, and everybody is starting to be out of work. The skies are are sooty, and here comes the clean doctors in the clean white suits with the miracle of science that can clean things up. And so we all follow science. We haven't had the pain to hold us. The only ones that held out against this were the Americans. And we've held out for 136 years longer, 146 years longer than anyone else. Why? Because we had foundational principles that are almost entirely gone. And why are they almost entirely gone? Because we don't have to fight for them anymore. Even our wars are being fought by drones and by a select few. Nobody who's going to Harvard or to Columbia or putting their kids into Columbia and Harvard are sending their kids off to war. 
This is so unbalanced for the really for the first time in American history where a major war is being fought and nobody's going except for the center of the country, except for the everyday man is going to war and he's sending his son or daughter. They're feeling all of that pain. Everybody else, the intellectuals, the elites, the everybody else, they're not feeling it. It's invisible. Ask most people, are we still at war? What countries are we fighting and dying? They can't tell you. We're a society of no pain, which allows us to be a society without reason. If there is no pain, there's no reason to think things through. Why does my life suck? What is happening? Do I play a role in this? Alcoholics, they're never going to get better. You cannot save an alcoholic. They must bottom out. They must feel pain. What does the blue pill and the red pill in the matrix represent? One is you're going to see the truth and you're going to wake up, and one is you're going to stay asleep. Jeffy, I know you know the matrix well enough. (laughs) What do the red pill and the blue pill actually represent? Uh, The red pill will... um make you come to reality and suffer pain yes it is the pain of reality that will wake you up that's from the movie and the blue pill is the bliss of illusion pain and bliss one will keep you happy the other will wake you up because the truth is frightening But only one leads to freedom. We're taking the blue pill every single day. And so, what's happening? If you look at, if you look at my chalkboard, and I'm sorry, somebody has to explain how this works here. If you look at the chalkboard, the Kondrakiev wave, the wave of this, the tracks should stay even. Okay, the tracks should stay the way they are. But we are, because we are pushing our pain out, and we're not allowing ourselves to collapse while other things are progressing, we're in deep, deep trouble. Because what's happening is there's no pain, there's no reason, there's no thought, there's no critical thinking, there's no reliance on something bigger than yourself. Think of farmers. Farmers farmers stay anchored because of two things. They could be the best farmer in the world, but unless they're a partner with God, unless God does his part and doesn't, it doesn't rain, I mean, you'll see farmers, they're religious people, and they're praying all the time, please, Lord, I just cut the hay. Please, give me four days. Please, hold off, hold off, hold off. It's a miracle I got mine in. That's the way they talk. The other thing they have is man as a servant because they know, but by the grace of God, there go I. If my crop didn't fail, but my neighbors did, my crop is going to fail next year or the year after, and I'm going to need my neighbor. And so man becomes a servant of God. And the best way to serve God is to serve your fellow man. That's agriculture. Industrial revolution, that all fell apart. It's all falling apart still. We're not servants of each other anymore. We're forced servants of each other. And there is no pain to wake our children up. The pain our children have. But my daughter said, you know what the worst part of my life is? This is yesterday. I said, no, honey, what's the worst part of your life? She said, oh, she has very long hair. Brushing all the snarls out of my hair. I hate that. And I said, wow, 
Are you living a charmed life? <laughs> wow. Wow, that's your pain. Now, I first mean, world, again, first world problems. First world problems. And most of our kids are going through something like that to some degree or another. I can't watch my show. Dad took my gaming system away. Whatever it is. Wi-Fi is down. Right. Wi-Fi is down. I don't have Wi-Fi. I don't have an iPhone. That's our pain. That's not pain. That does not build character at all. So what's happening is pain allows you to wake up allows you to have an enlightenment, an experience of where you are not dependent on anything but yourself and God. What was the enlightenment called before with the founding fathers? It was called something else. It was the enlightenment and the age of reason. Reason. Yeah. The age of reason. I feel like we're you're Ben Stein and we're just all in the Ferris Bueller classroom right now. The age of reason. <laughs> Think of that. What have we lost? We are entering, we are already at the beginning, but we are entering the age of illusion. Think of the blue pill. The, the blue pill is the bliss of illusion. Mark Zuckerberg said by 2050, this is last week, by 2050, The matrix will be possible and we may be in it. The blue pill of bliss of illusion. Or the age of reason. But to get to reason, you need pain. We've taken it all out and here's what happens. The enlightenment or the age of reason, that track slides out. Because we're not having pain, that just is extended until we get there. Until you feel the pain, you're not going to get there. You're not going to search for God or any answers until you have pain. So the slower we make this collapse, the less and less chance we have of feeling pain before we are on a different track. The problem is the industrial revolution in our lifetime is the tech revolution. 50% job loss. 50% job loss. At least Um, you're looking at a completely different world. You're looking at virtual reality, the matrix by 2050. You're not going to have the age of reason to be able to hold that in place. If you have reason and you have enlightenment and you can fiddle a lot of things in that, it's just not church, reason and enlightenment as your bar to hold on to with the tech revolution, it's going to go straight up. The tracks are going to come off, and it's going to go straight up to freedom and a world our founders couldn't even imagine. But if you don't have the pain, tech happens first. The only cement that's being laid right now is fascism, communism, and theocracy. And tech becomes its own god. Tech becomes its own drug It's no longer a tool for man to use. It becomes a drug. It becomes man is a slave to technology. Read Carl Sagan. We go down. And if we go down, Elon Musk and others say we destroy ourselves. It's the end of man. But if it's not the end of man, we're in that darkness for at least 70 years. Now, there is a chance of changing this, and by 2030, 
we could be on the right track. And we have to be on the right track by 20, between 2020 and 2030. We must be on the right track. Or Technology takes, first, takes lead. And when technology takes the lead, it drags us down. If we have control of ourselves and technology kicks in, we are for a free world like you've never seen before. But if technology leads and we are following it, darkness. So we've had this before. We've had this before and we defeated it. And it was just as powerful as anything you're seeing now. And I want to show you the people who defeated it and why they defeated it. And then from that, you can go, okay, so who are we? Who are our children? Where are these people? How did it work? We'll do that in just a second. Right now, I know you're busy. And uh, with everything that is happening in the world and the way the economy is, did you see the report that came out this week that said uh, retail clothing sales in the big department stores like Macy's and everything else down $400 million in first quarter? Those stores, the, the malls are over. They're just over. It's just a matter of time. The world is changing so fast, the last thing you need to do is sit on a computer, and when you try to hire somebody, you want the right person, and you need them right now. You don't have time to, to upload your, um, your, your job to 100 different websites. Here's what ZipRecruiter does. It will, you put your job placement through ZipRecruiter, and you can post at 100-plus job sites, including social media networks, Facebook, Twitter, all with a single click. It, is, it, will, it will then show you out of 6 million resumes all across the country, by region, by job, by everything else. You can see, is there anybody in the pool? As you wait, within 24 hours, your new applicants for your specific job coming in. We've used it. It's, we use it a lot here. Um, both my companies use this. Uh, Zip Recruiter, and I urge you to do it. And you can try it for free right now. Over 800,000 businesses are already using Zip Recruiter. What are you waiting for? Because it is free if you use it right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's where you have to go and you get it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Hiring somebody? Hire the right person the first time. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. I Okay, go to the uh, 1980s here in just a second. You mentioned 70 years uh, several times as to how long of a dark period we would go into. Generally speaking, because like fall of communism, 70 years, you know, generally speaking. But I, I mean, uh, when you're talking about a tech revolution, doesn't that speed that up? I mean, haven't we shown that those old guidelines don't... It speeds one of two lie? things up. It could speed freedom up if you have hold on to the guardrails. 
But let's say technology speeds up chaos, which it has in a good way so far. We've held onto the rails, but it speeds up chaos and becomes the purge. As long as government is as strong as it is, I don't think you can shut down uh, uh, tech unless it becomes so blatantly evil that people are like, oh, my gosh, look what it's doing. All these people are killing and the government has an excuse to say I'm shutting it down. And with Common Core, they know who the future hackers are and they can either bring them into the government at an early age or, you know, in worst case scenario, you eliminate those people. The Glenn Beck Program. you need to know at glenbeck.com I want to take you to um, 1980s and the death of communism and 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 here's why and I kind of had this revelation Pat and I were at church together yesterday and I asked him one question and that's what set this ball rolling um, I'm going to give you four boxes four categories um, and you have to place yourself and your children in those categories first, and then, uh, and then ask, where did these people come from? Yesterday, I asked, and because I'm LDS, um, there was a guy who we have quoted many times on this show as the Secretary of Ag- Agriculture, Back in the 1950s and 60s, um, under Eisenhower, when Eisenhower was talking about the, you know, in, uh, the, um, uh, the uh, military-industrial complex and fighting communism, the, the minister of agriculture went over to Russia and met with the Russians. And then when Khrushchev came over here, he met with them again. And he was staunchly anti-communist. I mean, he's... He's one of probably the original loud, outspoken voices um, and played a role in, um, in the uh, Naked Communist book and the 5,000-year leap and everything else. And he became then, after he left politics, uh, he became uh, the leader of, of our faith. And I said to Pat yesterday, when was he the leader? There was this great quote from him. And, and I said, when was he the leader of the church? And he said, in the 1980s. And everything went boom. And I immediately thought of Reagan, Thatcher, John Paul II, and this guy, Ezra Taft Benson. Most people don't know of Ezra Taft Benson. But the people that um, are probably the most likely to fight against fascists and communists in this country, uh, you know... Most likely to fight against fascists, not the left. It's the Mormons. Most likely to fight the communists are not the right. It's the Mormons. Because of the education one generation ago from people like Ezra Taft Benson. Um, But look at that list. Reagan, 
Thatcher, John Paul, and Benson. These guys fought communism from their soul their whole life. Now, John Paul, he went through, he went through, you know, Nazism and communism. He saw it. He's from Poland. So he saw the Nazis and then he saw the communists. And he knew, but Reagan didn't. Thatcher didn't. Benson didn't. It was more intellectual. There was no real suffering from those guys. And they all called it by name and they meant it. There was a God element to those guys. And even while Benson was wildly religious, Reagan, not so much. I mean, he was, he believed in God deeply, but he wasn't a church goer and everything else. Um, Thatcher, I don't know that much about her, you know, her faith, but I've always had the impression that she is kind of like Reagan. John Paul, obviously a deep faith guy. So all three, three out of the four fought it and almost were, there was some X factor, whether it was God called them to it or they just instinctively knew, but they all called it evil. There's the, go ahead. And for those who would just dismiss Ezra Tapp Benson out of hand because he was, he's LDS, read a couple of his books like This Nation Shall Endure. Unbelievable. An Enemy Hath Done This. So you know. I, the I, Constitution, A Heavenly Banner. I, and then tell me. Yeah, I read, I gave those to David Barton to read. Yeah. And I said, David, I want you to read these. Tell me what you think. He read them. He said, this is the most, this is some of the best stuff I've ever read on the Constitution. No question. And, and easy to understand. And I said, it's, it's LDS. And he said, oh, my gosh. And he said, every church should be teaching this. And I said, yeah, including ours. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, we used to teach it. We don't teach it anymore. And he said, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, I'm not sure that's true that we oh, yeah. teach it anymore. I don't know about that. I do. I don't know. <laughs> You're an apologist. <laughs> You're an apologist. Okay. So anyway, there's the first category. Reagan, Thatcher, John Paul, and Ezra Taft Benson. They're the leaders. We know we don't see those guys anywhere. Then there's a second group. The Lekwalensas in Poland. The Sharansky. The Salman Rushdie. These guys all had a personal experience and pain, okay? Rushdie is, remember, because the rise of Islamic extremism is also happening in the 80s, uh, early 70s and 80s. So all of these guys have experienced pain, and they are forged by pain. Would you agree with that? Hmm? Can you add anybody to either of those two boxes? Stu, Jeffy, Pat, mm. add anyone to either of those. First one, leaders, there's something inherent about them. I don't know what it is. The second one, they are forged in pain and they recognize evil because they've seen it. Might add Solzhenitsyn to that second one. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Then the uh, third one is the guys who were there and would have gone either direction. You know, may have been for the communists, but they see the tide of history and they're like, I'm with you. Okay. And I put, the only one I really put up there was Gorbachev. And then I thought, you know what? Ted Kennedy, Democrats, they were, they were, they were counseling. Ted Kennedy was actually counseling the communists in Russia and saying, we don't have Star Wars. Don't worry about it. 
I mean, that's that's craziness. That's that, to me, that's darn near treason. Yes. Okay. So I think there were many people that would have they they liked the communists. They just think that the wrong leader was in charge. You know what I mean? So there is those who just went along with and de- the Democrats did that. When it all came down, they were all on board. Communism is dead. Yay. Same with Gorbachev. Communism is dead. Yay. So was Boris Yeltsin. Communism is dead. There was a guy that wasn't. And we put him in the fourth box. Putin. Putin says that moment was the biggest mistake in human history. But let's look who fought against Reagan, Thatcher, John Paul, Ezra Taft, Benson, and those guys, Lech Walesa, Sharansky, Rushdie, those guys. Who fought against them? Iran, North Korea, China, Putin, and I'd put Bill Ayers and his folks in that. They were diehard. They still are diehard. Okay? So the first question is, which box are you in? Are you in the leader box? I don't even know how you get there, but you just, you have it in you. You know the evil of communism, and it doesn't matter if you stand alone. I read a deal in Town Hall today about me, how, how we get Glenn back onto the Trump bandwagon. And no, it was, can we allow Glenn to get out of his never? <laughs> can we Whatever. find a way? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter, Glenn. doesn't matter, doesn't matter. But the, 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 last, it does. the last paragraph is what made me laugh at, laugh out loud, and that was only one paragraph of no, that article because it was it was, was eye roll. I skimmed it, but the last the last paragraph made me laugh out loud, and that was, you know, it may be easy for Beck to take the no, the never Trump road, but it's harder to vote for him. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You, I mean, you have oh you are cool. you want to talk about the bliss of illusion? Wow. You want the hard road. You stand up when the entire world is against you. That's the hard road. That's the road that Reagan and Thatcher and John Paul took. They took the hard road. That's the road that Nelson Mandela and Gandhi and Martin Luther King took when the entire world was against them. I'm sorry. You shouldn't have brought up, I shouldn't have brought up Town Hall. You shouldn't have added extra stuff into it, Stu. Don't tell me what to do. I blame you. You're the one that needs advice from Town Hall. (laughs) Hard road. Hard road. You stand up alone, and that's the leadership role. And we see some leaders standing up now. We see some. The second is the one we cannot create because progressivism will not allow us to feel the actual pain that we have to feel until they have their throat around the uh, their hand around the throat of our entire system and that is what our children will go through lequilenza our children will go through massive pain to understand how evil works Then there's the third category. Are you in this one? I'm just going to keep my mouth shut, and when I see a winning side, I'm jumping on. And God forbid, I don't think anybody is in, is in the fourth category of, I'm actively fighting against it. There are in America, but I hope nobody in this audience is actively fighting against it. So the first question is, what category are you in? 
The second question is, can we grow the first category or encourage the first category? And how? Because really, I don't know how any of these got... I know John Paul, but I don't know how any of them, other than a lifetime of truth and a lifetime... Ronald Reagan, we just did that deal on Ronald Reagan a couple of weeks ago. A lifetime of learning and seeing, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not right. Wait a minute, okay, that's even more wrong than I thought. Oh my gosh, it's evil. A lifetime of learning. And I think just being in the right place at the right time. The second one, can we grow ourselves or our children without the pain I don't know if you can grow enough people and our children, because our children, again, I can't have an iPad. That's their pain. I don't know if you can grow this anymore without a massive change. Now here, let me give you some hope. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I could only come up with seven people that changed the world. Now, there are more, many, many more. But I could only come up with, and I asked Stu, and I asked Ellen, I asked Jeffy, and I asked Pat before we went on. Pat came up with one more. Eight. Eight names that you can just go, oh, it was these guys. Eight out of the entire world. Eight. We're not talking 10%. We're talking eight. Can we grow eight people in the world? Let's take what we, America and Israel, always do. We'll take six. The rest of the world can take two. Yes. Yes, we can. Yes, we will. And yes, we must. Now this. Over the past 12 months, stock market investors around the planet have lost trillions of dollars. I pulled out eight articles this weekend. Eight. Forbes, The Economist, all talking about, you know, gold is up to what, $1,300, over $1,300 an ounce? A little bit under. Brexit is causing all kinds of turmoil. If Brexit happens, which is the British exit from the euro, I think it was Forbes was one of these that said gold could be $10,000 an ounce. What? They're all expecting gold to go through the roof if Brexit happens. And that's why gold has been moving up. Now, I don't, don't listen to me for investment advice. Don't listen to anybody. Talk to your investor, do your own homework and everything else. But I will tell you that I talked to my wife yesterday and I said, you know what? There's a year guarantee on Goldline. If you buy a certain amount, you get, you know, a couple of weeks, then you get a couple of months, then you can get up to a year. I don't even know what the amounts are. But I said to Tanya, I said, we should find out what the amount is. Because if you get a year, if you buy gold now and you can buy it at this price and Brexit does cause it to go up to $3,000 an ounce, sell it and buy more, sell it and buy more, sell it and buy more. You know what I mean? You You make money like crazy if you're right. But Goldline has the price guarantee, which really helps it out. I don't buy it for investment. And I don't, I don't want you to even construe that I am in, in encouraging you to buy it as investment. You have to make that decision. I'm not a financial advisor. In fact, I'm bad at that. 
here's what I would like you to do, is do your own homework. And if, if you want to find out the truth about the new digital society, a cashless society, and what gold and silver can and may do for you, call them now. 1-866-GOLDLINE, the industry's best new loyalty program. If you've purchased before, you've got to find out about it right now. They've added some stuff. Call Goldline today. Learn more about the Purchase Plus and their exclusive bullion coins. 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Did you miss last hour? Download the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and now Google Play Music. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The Glenn Beck Program. Let me take Renee in North Carolina because she brought up a name that we have all been thinking about all morning. Go ahead, Renee. Hey, Glenn. Uh, God bless you for all you do. And um, I just wanted to um, add a name from to that list, a major name. That's uh, Reverend Billy Graham. He was um, invited to do meetings in Russia in the 80s and was extremely criticized by uh, every kind of person, every position of person yep. in this country, uh, saying that the Russians were just turning into propaganda right. to show that they did have religious freedom. But he said no. He knew God had opened the door. He went and he preached without compromise. Yep. Um, he went from there to Ceausescu's Romania and met with the Christians who had been persecuted there in addition to preaching meetings, and met with government officials and told them, along with all of his top, the top leaders of his organization. Right. I will tell you, I will tell you this, Renee, we left him off because that's not what drove him almost his entire life at end of communism. What drove him was God. Slightly different, but that's the only reason why we left him off. Who's putting the money behind that? Do we know? No. Oh, jeez. There's a new pack out. The Tiny Hands Pack. That's not funny at all. And they are they are obviously making spots against Aunt, uh, Donald Trump. And their big thing is to release the measurements of his tiny hands. That's, I mean, really, that's where we... What is that? Uh, Bodie McBoatface? It's, I mean, it's really... We've become Bodie McBoatface people. Where just nothing matters uh, anymore. I want to tell you a little bit about that. Also, um, uh, the Loretta Lynch thing that they're going to release a partial transcript. I think this is an abomination. I want to talk a little bit about Dory and something has Pat very, very upset. And we'll talk about that beginning right now.
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Seems like it's more of a stunt. I, I, I mean, so tell me the name of this pack, Pat. The full name is Americans Against Insecure Billionaires with Tiny Hands Pack. <laughs> So they're asking viewers. Is this a is this a Bodie McBoatface thing? Is this just a joke with uh, some group of people, or are they? Well, they're spending some money, so it's a pretty expensive joke if that's all it is. They're asking uh, people to sign a petition calling on Trump to disclose the measurements of his hands. It's a dangerous time for Americans. We need someone who can grasp. Oh well, here's here's the commercial if you if you want to hear it. It's a dangerous time for Americans. We need a president who can grasp the complexity of the world and hold off the decline of a great nation. I want a president who will keep me and my family safe. Mm-hmm. I want a president who can handle the economy. Handle. That's why we want to talk to you about Donald Trump. If the White House phone rings at 3 a.m., could his little hands even pick up the receiver? <laughs> How can he create jobs if his hands are too small to shake on the deal? When he decides to launch his nuclear war, will his stubby fingers even be able to push the button all the way down? America deserves his hand measurements. It's time our country learned every inch of the truth. So we've launched Americans Against Insecure Billionaires with Tiny Hands Pack. Go to DonaldTrumpHasTinyHands.com and sign our petition. Together, we can learn if Donald Trump can truly handle being commander-in-chief. Paid for by Americans Against Insecure Billionaires with Tiny Hands Pack and not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. That is absolutely brilliant. That's true. If this is if this is done by Clinton supporters, it is absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. It'll drive him only nuts. drive oh. him out of his mind, and it is the only thing. If you make him into a joke, mm-hmm. he's done. And and I mean, how Sololinsky is this? Holy cow! If I remember right, this pack started up. Towards like towards the end of the primary, so I think it's been around for Why a little while. Why are they doing while. this now? I think they're. I don't think. I think it's just an anti-Trump thing, and probably they think it's funny. Uh, <laughs> How much money are they spending? Where's Where's that ad playing? I don't know if it is or if it's just an internet ad. It's getting you know. It's internet getting, ads are uh, are right to that audience though. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, it's you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's part of this, right? I mean, you know, the mockery is always going to be part of it. Well, look what he's done. Yeah, I mean, that's he how he, he well, how he made yeah. his mark is lying. Ted, little Marco. And now, what does he call Hillary? Crooked Hillary. Low energy for Bush. Low energy like, I mean, Bush. that's all. He, you know, nickname. So they're factory. just taking they're just taking a page from his book, and that's not going to be good. I mean, if that 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 could take off and not be good for him at all. The the ad has actually aired on uh, national TV. It aired. Well, it aired once on MSNBC in the District of Columbia, Maryland and Virginia. Uh, They're actually spending some money during prime time. So it is. I mean, they are spending some money. <laughs> That's, That's because, according to their website, they're Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. They're right-handers, left-handers, and ambidextry. But we do not agree on everything. We all come together around the fact that. American cannot risk a president with pathetic, stubby mouse fingers. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is what it's come to. Yeah, this is yeah. what it's come to. This is what it's come to. I mean, how do you elect a president in 2020? If, we're, if we go to this, mm. 
how do you elect a president? It's just all about who can make the best joke, who can make who can make fun of the other person more than the other. I mean, again, I know Sarah Palin's not a fan of us, but ask her if that was if this is the first time, right? I mean, she hears you know someone who was completely uh, her entire public persona was essentially designed by Saturday Night Live. Um, and yeah, you know, it really mean, was really you know was. She so, never said. She never even said, "I can see Russia from my house." Right. And that, but that was the that was the cliche. Her defining statement. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't tell the difference between her and Tina Fey now. You don't know where the parody ends and and real life begins anymore. It's, it's tough. It's, I mean, it's weird. They're getting so weird. good at this, and this is just you know even just the quality of acting. I'm watching that OJ series. Uh, towards the end of it, I, I can't even see the difference between the actors and the actual people anymore. Like, you know, there's some examples. Cuba Gooding Jr. playing OJ, I can tell. But like Marsha Clark and Chris Darden, they were those people to me by the end of watching that thing. I mean, it, it, and, and that's just, you know, a well-done television series. Try this on for size. Anybody see Dory this weekend? I did not. No. Okay. It is really good. It's really good. And I've, got some, I've got some commentary to make after the spoiler alert is, you know, after everybody watches it or, you know, a lot of people watch it. I have some commentary to make on it, but I don't want to say it now because it, it goes to the turning point of the movie. Um, however, um, really, really, really good, heartwarming, as good as the first one, I think. Now, beyond that, by the way, watch the first uh, octopus scene where he's in the laboratory at the very beginning. From the beginning of when you first see the octopus with the cat, and you'll understand it when you see it, first moment with the cat poster to when he decides to take Dory out of the aquarium, out of the little thing on the, on the wheelie table. It, it lasts maybe three minutes, maybe. It took them two years to do. Two years, just that scene. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what Pixar is doing now is unbelievable, which brings me to this. You're saying, you know... You, you see the same thing. When you watch um, uh, Pixar and you go to Dory, the price of admission is worth it just to see the short prior to it. It's called The Pipers. The Pipers. Uh, and it's about sandpipers. And if you know what sandpipers are, if you've lived by an ocean, you know what sandpipers are. Um, they, they're little birds and they run out into the wake, uh, you know, as the, as the, as the water is receding, they run out and they stick their beaks into the sand and they pull up little clams and they eat the clams. And as the water comes back in, they run real fast to beat the water so they don't get their feet wet. And it's fun just to, if you ever live by where pipers live, it's fun just to watch them because they're just little fast birds and it's just fun. Um, I'm watching this thing. It's, you know, Pixar, short, says the Pipers, and it comes on, and I'm like, oh, wow, Pipers. And I grew up on the West Coast. I grew up around Sandpipers, so I know them. I've seen them a million times. I've sat there by the ocean, and I've watched them do this. And I'm thinking to myself, why is Pixar doing live action? There must be some, there must be some animated figure that is coming in. And it's close on the Piper. I mean, I'm seeing the bird, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's live action. And I'm looking at the water and the sand and everything else, and it goes for about a minute and a half until the piper runs back up to the woods or up to the, the shoreline and uh, goes to feed its child. And you see the sand, and it, it, you can tell it's live action. 
And then the baby comes up and you're like, oh my gosh, look at the baby. And then the baby starts to react and you're like, oh, that's animation of the baby. Oh my gosh, all of this is animation. Oh, thanks for that. No, it's not a spoiler. (laughs) Just It has nothing to do with the storyline. Watch the animation. Stu, you remember what I said to you in the 1990s? You're not going to be able to tell the difference uh, between reality and yeah. what's designed for what's you. What's designed for you. You'll never believe your eyes. You could say, watch this. Here he is stabbing her to death. And there will come a point where you're like, I don't believe. Why should I believe that? Well, you're seeing it right here on tape. Well, you could computer generate that. You could, you could do anything. You, you got a picture of me with what? With who? Doesn't matter. You won't believe your eyes. Watch the Piper. Pixar should get an Oscar just for whatever it is they're doing. It's the best digital animation I've ever seen. It looks absolutely real. You cannot tell the difference. And it's zoomed in. You see the grains of sand. It's that close. You cannot tell the difference. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's, I mean, it's, I was watching a Family Guy episode fairly recently. And they were, you know, they do a lot of throwback jokes to you know, 80s and 90s culture. And they showed a clip of uh, the video game Double Dribble, um, which, is the, you know, it's a terrible basketball game from Nintendo, where if you shoot it from right in the corner, it goes in every time. So that's all the game was about, was trying to get to the corner, because if you release it at the right moment, it would go in every time. So they're showing that. And it was like giving me flashbacks, because we did it for so long. And they go to commercial right out of the actual game footage of Double Dribble into a new video game commercial, completely unrelated, just like the end of the series, first commercial. It was, it was mind-blowing to see the difference here. Now, we're talking, what, 15, 20 years of technology. I mean, it was a long time. But it goes from a point where, like, it doesn't even... You could barely tell what it is okay, so, a, couple, a couple decades ago to absolutely looking like an actual real person doing something amazing. So it's incredible. We, were, we watched something over the weekend. I don't remember what it was. Oh, X-Men. Uh, went to see X-Men and you know you're seeing amazing things and you're like it looks absolutely real and you're not noticing the animation and um, and then we then yesterday we turn on the television late in the afternoon and Star Trek Wrath of Khan or or what was the second one or it was a third Star Trek where his toupee is really starting to look like a toupee and (laughs) uh, and uh, what's his name holy great Scott Uh, the guy from uh, Christopher Lloyd is the is the Klingon Whichever one that is. Oh, my gosh. The graphics and the computer graphics. And when they go to the screen and it's all, you know, it looks like when you had the Apple Mm -hmm. IIc. And you're like, that's really? That's uh, 500 years in the future. uh," And he goes into his office and he has a big, huge computer. And it looks like an Apple IIc except bigger. (laughs) And it's, it's amazing. We were watching that. And Rafe looks at me and went, Wow. Quote, Dad, why would you make the graphics look so bad when you knew it looked so bad? And I said, because we didn't have the technology to make it look good. This at the time, we looked at it and went, wow, that looks real. <laughs> and now this. If you're a responsible person, you know you're self-reliant. To be self-reliant, you have to be prepared. When there's a disaster, everybody wants to swoop in and tell you know, they know how to fix it. But have confidence in yourself. You don't need their help to fix it. You've got it covered. 
My Patriot Supply has your back. If you call now, you mention my name. They're going to send you a four-week food supply for $99. It's 50% off the regular price. Food lasts up to 25 years. You can easily store it in your home. Four weeks of food for $99. Now, that's limit two per caller. But it's, I think it's, or it's $99, and I think you're saving $118 on this. This is so worth the phone call if you want to be prepared. Call now, 800-200-7163, or online at preparewiththeglenn.com. That's preparewiththeglenn.com, 800-200-7163, or online. Do it right now, preparewiththeglenn.com. We are one. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Seven to seven just implant a memory chip, then I could just film it with my eyes. Yeah, that would be a lot better. Just talking about how uh, everything is changing um, with the millennials. And, you know, when you stand and you go to a concert and you see people, and it's just not millennials, it's almost everybody now. You go see somebody. Uh, this happens to me. We've talked about this for a long time. Go and do a book signing. And you're standing in line. You literally have only a couple of seconds and people are so busy, worried about their camera and worried about taking a picture that they usually don't make eye contact with me or even really look at me. They're just working on the camera and they're looking at me through their camera. And, it's, and these are people obviously who waited in an hour-long line right. to have you know, a few seconds to say hello, maybe mention something that's important to them from the show or something you've talked whatever. about, whatever. Just instead, to connect on a human right. level. Yeah. And so many people... And you see this at concerts. You go to a concert and everybody is holding their camera up and they're not looking at the stage. They're looking at their camera. And this is a uh, uh, old-timey, well-worn criticism of where we are with technology right now, right? Like, I, I, I say, we all think it, especially if you've been around for a little while. You think, God, live your life, you know? Don't just stand there and hold a phone and look at it through a phone. Live your life. You're there right now. And the truth is... That this is how they live their life. Correct. There is no other real to them. This is it. Like, you have a phone in front of you is the way life occurs to people uh, of that generation. Um, and, you know, we keep saying, like, well, you, should, you need to live in the real world. That is their real world. There's no such thing as just going somewhere and just doing it. It's all about being documented and all about being Snapchatted and all of that. And while there's some value to it, obviously, like it, it is a total change in the way that we deal with the world. And, and it has happened. We, yeah, in, it has happened in five years. Incredibly fast, it's happened. And the question you have to ask, if you've listened to the show today, you've heard Glenn go over this for a while, and how we're hitting this tech revolution. Are we morally equipped to deal with these changes at this speed? Do we have the foundation in principle to deal with changing the entire way we live our lives in a very short period of time? I would argue no. That's, that would be my argument. It would? Do you remember, would no. do you yes. remember the progressives in the uh, Theodore Roosevelt is well known for saying, well, no, he's well known in our circles for saying, you know, when we would run farmers out of business 
who wouldn't breed their cows. They would just let their cows just breed with whoever they wanted. They'd be out of business and we'd say they were crazy. Why don't we do that with people? We should be breeding the perfect stock. Okay, breed out the imperfections. Let me get this. this. This weekend I pulled this out. Stanford law professor and bioethicist Hank Greeley predicts that in the future, most people in developed countries will not have sex to make babies. Instead, they will choose to control their child's genetics by making all of the embryos in the lab. And they want the perfect baby. Want the perfect baby. Are we equipped to even have that discussion? You make the perfect baby. This is, remember, the only difference between this and the Nazis is it was messy with the Nazis. <laughs> That's what they were trying to do. They were trying to breed the perfect specimens. They were trying to breed the perfect human. They were trying to breed the perfect um, Aryan. Pick the eye color, pick the hair color. Can we change the eye color? It was just science hadn't caught up to their twisted idea. What Seriously, what is the difference? Now, I know there's lots of differences. But is anybody having that conversation? Isn't that a conversation we should be having? Having? What is the difference? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. It reminds me of, I was reading a story on National Review today, J.J. Nordlinger, talking about uh, Trump and the way he talks about things. And, you know, we've all heard these quotes before. I'm speaking with myself, number one, because I have a very good brain and I've said a lot of things. Um, you know, uh, I went to an Ivy League school. I'm very highly educated. I know words. I have the best words. I had never heard some of these before. And, and tell me how you would define this, because it's on the same topic. Trump had an Uncle John who was a professor at MIT. Trump has pointed to his head, his own head, and said, I believe in the racehorse theory. In other words, he believes in breeding and regards himself as genetically endowed. Another Trump statement, I had an uncle who went to MIT who was a top professor, D- Dr. John Trump, a genius. It's in my blood. I'm smart. Great marks, like really smart. Um, more Trump. Good genes, very good genes. Okay, very smart. Trump's uh, son also said, like him, I'm a big believer in racehorse theory. It's an incredibly, wow. he's an incredibly accomplished guy. Now, racehorse theory in this context is just eugenics, right? I mean, yes, it's, yep. it's talking about, I mean, now everyone gets something passed down from them. But to say that because your uncle went to MIT, it proves that you're smart. Well, no, is, no, no, no. To, to say that everybody gets something passed on is one thing. Right. And to say, my uncle was really smart, kind of runs in the family, that's another. Right. To say and then have your son at a different time repeat, the ra- I'm a big believer in the racehorse theory, that is breeding yeah. for perfection, that is eugenics. Wow, bigger, scarier, progressive than perhaps we all thought. Wow. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Program. 
I, I can't tell you what an outrage what the FBI is doing today is. This is editing history in real time. This is burying the truth in real time. You disagree with that, I, Stu? You know, I, that's my, my initial reaction was that, was that I can't believe they're doing this. They're getting rid of all the ISIS parts, therefore proving that they don't take ISIS seriously or mm-hmm. something. That kind of is what makes sense to me mm-hmm. because of the way they act. I was starting to think of it before I even saw these transcripts of how would I react if, let's say, Ted Cruz did this as president? He was, if he said, you know what, I don't want to give any publicity to this, so we're taking out the parts about uh, ISIS, we're, we're going to retra- retract them. Depends on whether, my impression is, now they just released these, so yeah. I haven't seen them yet, um, but Stu has. If, if they leave in his allegiance to Islam and all of that, then it's not so bad. If he doesn't want to say about ISIS, I think it's still bad because this is the way it will be remembered yeah. in this edited form. Um, and what bothers me is the statement, we don't want to re-victimize anyone. Who are you going to re-victimize? You're, right. you're giving no, his that's... words. The only one you'd re-victimize, the only victim by taking this out would be Islam or ISIS. Right. And so, and first of all, of course, Ted Cruz wouldn't do that if he were right. president. But like, it struck me as if I, if there's someone I believed really was taking this problem seriously, maybe I would have a different opinion. I don't know. Then seeing the actual transcript, to me, it's even more bizarre. Here's what, this is the actual transcript from the Orlando 911 call. Uh, emergency 911, this is being recorded. Uh, Omar Mateen says, in the name of God, the merciful, the beneficial, in Arabic. The 911 operator says, what? Omar Mateen. Praise be to God and praise uh, prayers as well and peace be upon the prophet of God in Arabic. I'll let you know I'm in Orlando and I did the shootings. The, the, the dispatcher says, what's your name? He says, my name is, stops, I pledge allegiance to omitted. Okay, so they go all the way up to the line. They just take the word ISIS out. Or, uh, hey, so far I don't have a problem. Okay, what's your name? I pledge allegiance to omitted. May God protect him in Arabic on behalf of omitted all right where are you at in orlando where in orlando end of call okay shortly thereafter the shooter engaged in three conversations with the crisis negotiation team now this is their notes after the transcript uh 2 48 a.m uh first call 303 a.m second call lasted 16 minutes 324 a.m third call lasted three minutes and you're not getting any of these uh, I, I at least not in the thing that i have in front of me in these calls the shooter who identified him, this is again the FBI writing this, the shooter who identified himself as an Islamic soldier, that, those words are in there, as an Islamic soldier, told the crisis negotiator that he was the person who pledged allegiance to omitted. So they say Islamic soldier, but they don't actually say ISIS. Um, he I told think them I'm go- okay with this. I mean, I, it's bizarre, and uh, I don't, fully understand the reasoning behind it right. i would so be okay let's say let's say ted cruz is in office yeah i would be fine with this from ted cruz because i would trust it and i would say well look he, they've done exactly the case you're making right now the only reason why i say i think i'm okay with this is because i don't trust anybody i don't trust the people in charge right you know what i mean that's my and opinion. so i'm like it doesn't make sense why would you i, I guess I mean, maybe you just don't want the names you know, because it says, and peace be upon him, or protection be upon him. So it's not just ISIS, it is an individual. And of course, they say ISIL is the word that the administration uses. They use it all the time. It's not like we're trying, we don't know what group this is. 
The, uh, I mean, you could make the argument. Right. And I think, it, it, read that first part again. Read that first part again, where yeah. he says the ISIS and then there's something else about it, somebody else. Um, say that. Which pledge part? allegiance to okay. that part. Praise be to God and prayers uh, as well as peace be upon the prophet of God. I'll let you know I'm in Orlando. I did the shootings. Uh, what's your name? I pledge allegiance to omitted. So we would all fill in the word ISIS, mm-hmm. ISIL there, whatever. Okay, what's your name? I pledge allegiance to omitted. May God protect him in, uh, on behalf of so, omitted. So, okay, so who are those? So I pledge allegiance, again, in my head. ISIL. I pledge allegiance to ISIL, ISIS. May God protect him. Uh, uh, or uh, no, no, it's mm-hmm. him. Yeah. So, I think he's talking uh, about al-Baghdadi uh, there, isn't he? Or, yeah, maybe, but there's Allah. two individuals. All right, okay, yeah, you're right. There's two him. individuals. They wouldn't have taken Allah out. So uh, I think you could see, okay, let's not put ISIS in. Um, and the two individuals have to be like al-Baghdadi or something. And so I could see the government saying, we're not going to have that spread around the world that he pledged that he pledged to ISIS. We all know he pledged to ISIS. But they don't know the other two names that he... Let them guess who those other two names is. We're not making them into Osama bin Laden. Right. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And it could be, theoretically, someone new, right? Like maybe right. it's some new we leader know. that's like kind of up and coming and we don't necessarily... We're not necessarily mainstream yet. Again... I think in a situation where I actually trusted the government in the way they handle these matters, I might give them a break on some of this. The other way to look at this in a more negative way uh, is to say that they might be using um, this type of editing for us to all say, well, look, we all can see what they're saying here or very close to it. We shouldn't have a big deal. And maybe they're editing something else out somewhere else. Maybe there is something important that we do need to know that they're taking out. And clearly it's bizarre because the government is you know, whether you like it or not, editing history in real time. That's actually happening. They're not giving us this information um, for whether it's a reason that's positive or negative. Um, To me, though, this strikes me, at least this transcript strikes me, as not inherently awful from the idea of how they're treating this problem. I'm sure every politician is going to disagree with that. Every conservative is going to disagree with it. But, I mean, when you look at this, we can all see that he's talking about ISIS. He's talking about ISIL. um, And... They do include the fact that he identified himself as an Islamic soldier, which is, to me, even further than I would expect them to go. Yes, me too. Uh, because I would expect them to say, okay, he's an ISIS soldier, but try to separate that from being an Islamic soldier. Their words were Islamic soldier. So I don't know exactly what's in here. Obviously, we don't know yet, but it's an interesting development. It's not what I expected. The good news is it's not what I expected. It's not... It's not the PC police that I expected. Because what I expected was, I just shot a bunch of people and dot, dot, dot. That's why I did it. You right. know what I mean? Like, I expected oh, yeah. them to eliminate all I did possible too. references. I mean, and get <laughs> dot, 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 dot. A is the re- why I did it. And uh, like, did he just say gay or did he say a G from one word <laughs> and a, as in maybe I was thinking, and I'm also going to stop by the safe way <laughs> later. I mean, and by the way, I never would have done this without easy access to firearms. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, that's that's what I was expecting. So maybe my standards are just so low that, uh, you know, that uh, that I, I should. Uh, that could be it. I'm, at this point, I'll admit that. But it's an interesting development. I mean, I'm sure more of these will be not released. what I expected. It's another interesting development that you seem to be ignoring, the big, big story of the day. You always get here, um, every day. You know, and uh, 
I guess you're, tr- you're trying to avoid the fact that Led Zeppelin's being sued 46 years after the fact by a song that nobody knows, nobody's ever heard of. Mm. Some group that, you ever heard of the band Spirit? Uh, oh, no. And they're, they're super classic. Taurus? Oh, Taurus? Yeah, Taurus by, by Spirit. Spirit. Right. Oh, yeah. No, I'm thinking I know You're the band Taurus, and I've heard, I've, I've heard the song Spirit by Taurus, so I don't know the opposite. No, I've never even heard of them. Well, this is kind of an interesting story because in 1968, uh, this band named Spirit did this song called Taurus, and they later toured as an opening act for Led Zeppelin. And the, the lawsuit now is because Led Zeppelin Four was going to be reissued, um... The band Spirit's uh, estate wanted credit for uh, Stairway to Heaven because they said it sounded too similar to their song. And they'd actually toured with Led Zeppelin back in the day. So wait, wait, wait. Yes. So so not the band members. Not the band. 48 years later. Well, one of the, the guy who I think actually wrote the song is dead. Right. And so, so his estate is asking for credit. And they would have, apparently, they offered Led Zeppelin, look, just give him credit for it. Just say Page Plant, and his name was Randy California. I don't know if that was his given name. But Page Plant in California wrote Stairway to Heaven, and you can pay us a dollar, and we'll forget the whole thing. And they said, no, absolutely not. We're not going to do that. So now it's in court. And music experts. I don't think I would have either. A music expert just testified that they're identical. They are not identical. Now you no, they, are them. Not. they are not identical. No, they are not. You be the judge. Here, of course, here is... Uh, Stairway to Heaven first. So we all Stairway to Heaven first. Stairway Everybody heaven. knows how that goes. Mm. Got a little over seven minutes to run to the bathroom. They're <laughs> <laughs> not going to play the whole song. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Songs. Literally classic. the most played song on the FM end radio of, in American history. In the end, at the end of everybody's dances in high school from 1970 oh, ever yep. until yep. the that's, 80s. That's why, by the way, Paige doesn't or, or Robert Plant doesn't like the song anymore. He calls it a wedding song. Uh, because it was played at every wedding. It was played we'll at over every it. prom. Congratulations. Oh, 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 I sold too many copies. I hate it. That's I, I hate it. That's too popular. So you've got, you've got the Zeppelin. You, now listen to, I know. listen to Taurus and, and, uh, the, by the band called Spirit. It's pretty close. It's on a guitar and it's ascending, it's descending, not ascending. Descending chromatic minor line Right. Not the same. It's descending. Stairway to heaven is ascending. I, I certainly don't think you can call it identical. No right. way. It's similar. It's not even the chord instead. structure is definitely. They're playing similar. the guitar and there's a chord there's a chord structure. One is ascending, one is descending. So there's something with ascending in it. <laughs> they both send. <laughs> they both sending. Listen to that. And of course, this is just a much better recording. Doesn't have that in it. And I thought the rule was 
every seventh note or something had to be different. Wasn't that the deal? Yeah, the those are all different. A, those are all, those are, it's like these a, are a uh, lot. There's a, a lot of them, I different. think. I mean, we've talked to so many music attorneys over the past 10 years doing this stupid show that they've all informed me many times that is actually not the rule. You know <laughs> oh, what? it's not? No. You know what? Oh, wow. Internet but it wasn't every 10th or 12th our no? job. The internet has destroyed our jobs. It has. Because we can't, we don't have rights to, you have to have The universal. only reason we can play this much is because it's a story. In the news. Right now. It's yeah. in the news. And you can't play any music at all. You can't do anything. You know, radio can't do anything. I can't play music or the, I don't remember what the rights are. Do you know that the rights, how much are the rights of the Ellen show just for her dancing? It's some astronomical, like $2 million a year just so she can have a clip to dance with the audience. That's what she pays. Yeah, they're wow. incredible. It's incredible. Wow. Incredible. Wow. Yeah. Um, by the way, the, the music expert Led Zeppelin brought in, of course, disagreed with this and said no. that. Yeah, shocking. They didn't bring somebody in that agreed. You know what? I, mean, I got to tell you, I've been telling the guys back. Right. But the, it's, <laughs> the it's room. competing experts, right? right I mean, right, this right. is how, you know, these suits happen. But they said the first time this particular musical element was used was 300 years ago. You know, I mean, I, right. I, I, it's like there's that's, at some level. Well, here's the problem. That's my argument. Here's the problem. You can't copy these guys chord knew each. These guys knew each other yeah. in the 1960s. Definitely. It becomes a huge song in the 1970s. It's still going strong in the 80s. Should have. Everybody's been still alive. Long time ago. It becomes this in the late 80s and early 90s becomes the joke song you mention when you think of a song that you've heard too many times. Right. Um, and, and, this it, guy, and this band stays silent until his heirs all of a sudden yeah, say, right, hey, I on. want Dad to be a little cooler than he is. Come on. Come on. Until a re-release of, of Led Zeppelin four. Come on. I'm Stop sorry. All, every artist is influenced by every other artist. That's the big deal, right? I was influenced by this jazz artist or this blues artist. See them paying them all the cash? I'll bet you they win, though. I bet you they. Well, won't I was surprised that the Robin Thick thing, uh, what a couple of years ago, yeah, uh, seven Marvin Gray, they got millions of dollars, seven and a half million. I think it was just reduced to five point three million, but that's still oh, a lot, man. A lot of money. How's he going to get by? I know. Why do a lot of money. Why do you even do the? Well, he won't be borrowing any money from Jesse Ventura, but that's a different story. <laughs> Good. Now this safety of your family in your home. When you leave, how safe are your? How safe is your family? How about when you're sleeping? Who keeps everybody safe? And how much are you paying for your security every single month? The safety of your family goes without a price. But I'll tell you, $40, $50, $60 every month adds up. It's a lot of money. Big home security companies say that you've got a choice, but you really don't. If you have Simply Safe Home Security, you do have a choice. You don't have to spend all of that money. Right now, Simply Safe is a security system. In my own daughter's house, I helped her install it, helped her, her husband. Hey, he actually did all the work. But l- literally, this is so dummy-proof, I can do it. Um, she pays $15 a month. That's it. If they want to cancel, they cancel. Having Simply Safe home security is like having a guard stationed at your uh, door 24-7. No long-term contracts. Simply Safe doesn't lock you in. They earn your business every single day. For the protection that we trust, go to simplysafebeck.com and get an exclusive 10% off offer at simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, simplysafebeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 
the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, so Corey Lewandowski has been um, 86th on the Trump campaign today. It is leaving, according to the campaign, sources inside the campaign in absolute chaos. But listen to this story. Early Monday morning, Donald Trump and his adult children gathered for a regular strategy meeting at Trump Tower. This comes from Gabe Sherman, who has lots of sources inside these campaigns, particularly in the Trump world. Uh, Also present was Corey Lewandowski, the campaign's embattled manager. According to one senior Trump staffer briefed on the meeting, things went south for Lewandowski and he was fired. What they're saying is that the the Trump kids were the ones that ousted him. Hey, so this is this is something we all I like his kids. We all like his kids. But he's got to get away from the children. It will be inappropriate for the president to have a council of his family. It's not a king. He needs to have outside counsel, not his family. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.